Now, Father, we thank you today. We thank you for your word. Your word is life. Your word is light. The Bible says the entrance of your word brings light. When your word comes, there is illumination. When your word comes, we see clearer. Your word is, is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. So we thank you for the power of your word today in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. We welcome our neighbor who is with us here again, as we normally do, uh, Aunt Lynn Cowden. Amen. We had said we were going to minister to you today on, um, on believers' milestones. They are milestones, they are things that we look out for, that God looks out for to see that uh, his children are growing. When a child is born, there are things that we look out for to see if the child is growing normally. That is in the physical uh, sense. If we do not see those things happen, we get worried as parents, as a certain sense of fear. We may not vocalize it at first, but if we see that this particular child does not display or demonstrate or exhibit certain things that a child his age or her age by now should be demonstrating, we become very concerned. Because as a parent, in my heart, I see my young boy as a man, in, in my mind, I see him doing things. Now, if he does not develop to his full uh, potential, to his full capacity, I know that there are things that won't get done. He will not be able to fulfill destiny as God had preordained for him to do. So, as every parent always wants to see growth, it's natural. If it is true for us as natural people it is true also with god when we get born again there must be growth that happens there must be development there must be what we call milestones spiritual milestones that must begin to be observed and those must be demonstrated by those who believe in the lord jesus uh, naturally speaking Every living organism uh, is, uh, is, is seen as living by evidence of growth. Growth is evidence that there is life in something. Anything that has life in it grows. Let me repeat that statement. Anything that has life in it must grow. If it does not grow, that means there is something wrong with it so today i want us to talk about what i call indicators of growth those things as a believer that uh, point to the fact that you are you are growing they, they there's life in you uh, as as a child of god as a born again uh, spirit filled uh, believer you are growing uh, it would be said to be uh, and, and, and to be a, a spiritual midget. God 
uh, according to his word. By now we know, according to Ephesians 6, the Bible says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers in the heavenly places. In the Old Testament, they dealt with giants. They dealt with giants. Those, those seven nations in the land of Canaan were mighty men. They were giants, very strong physically. So the, the army of the Lord, what I call the church in the wilderness, had to be strong. He would not have sent just uh, uh, small people uh, who had not grown to a certain stature that would have enabled them to take the giants out. So growing uh, is, is, is in the interest of heaven that we grow. Because if we do not grow, there are things that will not get done. There are things that only mature people can do. Because mature people live their life in a certain way. Uh, there's a difference between a child and, and an adult in the manner in which they approach life and they approach everything. Uh, they, they, there is a, a big difference between the two because one has an experience of sorts. They have seen certain things. They have been equipped in a certain way. So these indicators, family, are important as a child of God. You must, at any given time, I must be able to tell whether I am growing in the Lord or I am not. There must be certain things that I, even myself, as I look at my own life, I must be looking out for in my own life to see that I am making progress or I am what they call, we are backsliding. Uh, or maybe I have plateaued. To plateau means I'm not going forward, I'm not going backwards, I'm just stuck. At that level as a child of God we must always be moving forward we must always be progressing we must always be going to something higher uh, taking a, a bigger mountain for the Lord in Jesus name because as time progresses the Bible says in the end times darkness shall cover the earth as it covers the earth the Bible says it seems as if darkness shall thicken when darkness thickens those who are in the earth who are called by his name must be strong. He says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. He does not say be weak. He does not say be, be, be frail. He says, be strong in the Lord in the power of his might. Why? Because in the earth, we are dealing with very strong uh, uh, beings in the spirit realm. So we must be able to tell uh, in our own lives whether I am growing or I am not moving anywhere, going nowhere slowly. So we call these milestones. They are milestones. Uh, too many Christians have no, have no conscience, really, or conscious, consciousness of growth. Many people, they don't have any idea whether they are growing or whether, if you would ask somebody, what are you dealing with this week? What, what weakness are you trusting God to deal with in your life? Is it anger? Is it, is, what is it? What, what are you working on as a believer? That would give you an indication that I am better today than I was yesterday. I am better in 2020 than I was in 2019. As a believer, if you don't have such a consciousness, that way of thinking, you will have a big problem because you will never know when you have backslidden. Uh, in my personal life, what I used to do uh, which I still do today. You read the Bible every single day, you pray. Just those two things, just leave alone fasting for now. 
If I don't pray, if I don't read my Bible, like two days in a row, I know there's something going wrong. I'm talking about certain things like those which we're going to discuss today, but not necessarily that. I'm just giving an understanding of what it means uh, to have a consciousness of one's growth. If you don't know, well, if, if, if you're growing or you're backsliding, there's a serious problem, uh, and the enemy will exploit that ignorance to his own advantage. So it is important to, to, to understand that. So what, what we're saying is, from time to time, we must be in the habit of, uh, of standing on a spiritual scale. You stand on a spiritual scale, uh, you stand on that thing, and then you, you find out how much of the world do you have in you. You stand on that thing, if it goes to the extreme, there's too much world in me. Or I stand on that scale to find out how much God is in me. Uh, so we, we must be able to tell at any given moment whether I, 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 I am sliding or I am moving with God. And uh, the, there's a lot of indicators that we look out for. Uh, as we do in the natural family, in the natural, uh, I remember my children when, when they were younger, they don't do that anymore. They would measure their height. Go stand against the wall, put a ruler above your head and draw a line pencil. And as they grow, they outgrow that height and they would look at it and laugh and say, I'm taller than I was before. That is what's supposed to happen for believers. We must be able to say, I am taller than I was before. Because what God is doing in my life today is more, I, I am more hungry. I have more appetite for the word. I have more appetite for the things of the spirit than I was uh, uh, in 2018, 2019. If I have the same passion uh, and I, nothing has, has moved, nothing has changed, there is a big problem. So we must be able to, to check our spiritual height. Am I closer to the ground or closer to the cloud? Am I closer to the ground or am I closer to the cloud? Uh, because if I'm closer to the ground, that means I'm not growing. If I'm closer to the cloud, that means I'm moving with God. So as believers, we must be able to tell. From time to time, you must be able to put a, 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 a measuring tape around your waist. See how much worldly fat I've gained. How much worldly fat I need to shed. Uh, have I gained weight or have I lost weight? Even during this time of, um, of, of, of level three uh, lockdowns and all these things, have I gained worldly fat? Have I gained worldly stuff? Do I need to shed some weight? Do I need to lose some weight in the spirit and allow more of God to come into my life in Jesus' name? I must be able to tell in terms of my, my spiritual muscle. Am I developing any spiritual muscle? Am I able now to move things and to shift things I wasn't able to shift before? Because faith has grown. Uh, before I used to believe God for certain things. Now I have stronger faith. I can believe God for more things. These are the things which are important, family. So as Kingdom Embassy House, we are very committed. We are committed to maturing believers. See, there are things that we, as, as, as ministers of the word, we want our churches to do, like go out and win the lost. But if there are certain things which are not covered yet, which if, if, if you are asking uh, children, uh, spiritual teenagers, or spiritual toddlers, to go and do the work that must be done by adults in the spirit, you are basically uh, hurting them in a way because they will go out there and, and, and be 
destroyed by the world. In the process, they might even lose faith and then lose confidence to go and witness for the Lord. So there are things that must be done. There's, there's, there's foundation that must be laid uh, to ensure that by the time you send out, there is a level of maturity in Jesus' name. Now, in the book of Corinthians, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11, the Bible says, When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. So, even on the basis of this scripture, it is very clear that we, there must come a time when we move out of that pediatric ward. We must move out of the pediatric ward and find a home, spiritual home where we can grow, where we can be established and be trained in the things of the spirit. We must not spend more time in, in the foundation phase than we ought to. Foundation phase, in our schooling system, we have got this, this grading system and everywhere in the world. A, a child starts off at foundation phase, it's grade, R, grade zero, grade naught, they call it to grade three. So grade naught, grade R, one, two, three, that's foundation phase. But there is a time uh, within which the child is supposed to uh, spend there. You cannot spend more than which is due at that particular level. Same thing applies with, with, with us in the spirit. There, there's a level that you enter uh, when you get born again. You are a baby Christian, the Bible says, but you cannot stay in that foundation phase for the rest of your life. Because after that, you have to go to move to what they call the intermediate phase, which is grade four, five, and six. And when you enter grade four, you must be nine years old uh, when you enter grade four. So by the time you are in grade six or 11, you enter grade seven, which is senior phase, seven, eight, nine. There's particular ages that you're supposed to be uh, looking at in those particular categories. Same thing in the spirit. A child of God must be moving from glory to glory, from strength to strength. In Jesus' name, it is the will of the Father. Uh, so the senior phase, which is 7, 8, 9. Then you go to what they call EFT, which is grades 10, 11, and 12. After that, you, then you go to your tertiary. See, if it is the case in the natural world, trust me, it is the case in the spirit. There must be a level of growth that takes place in the life of a believer. This is why I'm passionate about, about growth and maturity. Because if you are into the culture as a ministry of building, not just being excited about preaching and, and, and revelation, and just you must be anchored in the word of God, the word of life. That is going to uh, uh, transform you into a mature believer, strong in the Lord strong in the power of his might, so that you can begin to do the work of the Lord in, in the earth, in Jesus' name. Uh, I, I was, I was, uh, when I was preparing for this message, I bumped into this particular article. Uh, I believe it's, 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 it, it, it relates to what happens in the church and spiritually speaking. Pediatricians, they, they say that when infants are born, when a little baby is born, their body mass is in their head. When an infant is born, 
their body mass is in their head. And then as they grow older, the rest of the body catches up. So now this is very important spiritually because when you are a toddler, spiritually speaking, your Christian life basically is centered around your head, not your heart. Your spiritual life is centered around your head, not your heart. So what we've seen over the years is that a, a, a person who is a, a spiritual babe, their they continued relationship with God is on the basis of, of, of answered questions. If the Lord is able to answer questions for you, then you tick those boxes, uh, why, uh, where, how, and all these things. And then we, we, we are with the Lord depending that he's going to answer certain things for me. So they say uh, uh, when a child is born, the body weight, the, 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 their weight is the mass is in their head. So everything is, is centered around the head. With us, uh, if, if one question is not answered with a toddler, uh, my faith is, is begins to be shaken. I get admitted to a, an ICU one. My faith really gets, gets admitted very fast. If what I was looking for, a certain uh, answer I was looking for, doesn't get answered. So the, the, there is a level of growth that you enter into as a child of God, whereby everything moves from the head into the heart, whereby you do not mind anymore, you don't care anymore whether certain things, you, they make sense to you or they don't. This is why the Bible says we live by faith and not by sight. A, a mature believer walks by faith and not by sight. So it's not at the level of reason anymore, level of the head or intellect, but it goes into the heart where I begin to relate with God at the level of faith and of love because I love him. Sometimes things will not make sense to me. There won't be any logic. I won't be able to wrap my mind around certain things. But because I believe, because I am in relationship with him, I love him, I will move in any case. Amen. Then you have what we call a spiritual teenagers. Uh, spiritual teenagers, many churches have spiritual uh, teenagers. There is no church that doesn't have uh, toddlers uh, in the spirit. There's, there's no ministry that doesn't have spiritual teenagers. Spiritual teenagers, they, they know everything. At least they think they do. They, they know everything. They, they have this fascination with revelation. Uh, they, they, they want drama. They want charisma. They are fascinated by, by certain ministers because of the, of the drama they bring. They, they are into uh, 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 spiritual entertainment. Well, they may not call it as such because they are spiritual people in their own eyes. But we can tell by the way they do things that this is where they are at. But the will of God is not for them to get stuck there or to stay there. Or we're not saying what we're saying to uh, judge them. It's just what happens in the body of Christ. All of us, I, I, I went through that phase. There was a time in my life when I thought I knew better than my pastor. There was a time when I thought that I had more revelation. Uh, you know, I could advise him on certain things because the Lord has spoken to me. 
I had a voice from heaven. Of course, pastors are open to such. You can always approach your pastor if the Lord speaks to you about. But the, I'm not talking about such uh, well-meaning uh, 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 gestures where you will go to your pastor and advise him uh, in a spirit of humility. I'm talking about people who are, who are just um, childish and they're just uh, teenagers in the spirit. They are full of energy, yet they lack wisdom. They, they lack experience. Amen. Amen. So you, you have such in the body of Christ. Uh, ours as, 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 um, as, as, as your leaders is to ensure that you are stable. You are anchored in the word and that you are growing. You graduate from certain uh, dishes as, you, as, as we feed you. You are able to chew meat from uh, having milk only. Now you are able to handle certain uh, uh, food that will enable you to grow and to be strong in the Lord in Jesus' name. We also know that uh, concerning uh, spiritual teenagers, they, they have no uh, emotional maturity. They get offended very quickly. You know, they, they tell you, so-and-so that doesn't like, like me in the church, uh, they don't greet me, they don't visit me, they don't call me. You know, they seem to be just want this hand on the back of their of their body, just massaging them all the time. Tell you, I love you. Then another two weeks go, but I love you still. You know, and then I love you. You know, they they kind of thrive in the kind of atmosphere because there's no spiritual, uh, the emotional maturity. Of course, uh, leaders, pastors must be able to take care of the flock. Uh, one of the things that the church is, it's a family. The family must be able to show and demonstrate love. There must be a support system. When somebody's discouraged, it must be, uh, you know, be being supported and be encouraged. But it does not mean that this is what we are supposed to anchor our walk with God in. We are God's people. We anchor our walk with the Lord in the word and in him. Uh, cursed is he who trusts in men. As much as God has given us all these uh, structures, yet we must be able to grow to a point where we, are, we have a level of, of independence, but I'm going to get to that. Another thing that we also know about uh, spiritual teenagers, they have no uh, true sense of family. Uh, you know, in the, in, they are more committed to friends in the church than, than the entire church family. They, they are more committed. They are, they are very friends-oriented, which is very uh, typical of, of, of teenagers in the natural. Teenagers in the natural, they, they, they love their friends. Sometimes they would think that the, the, the voice of a friend carries more weight than the voice of the parent. And they, they've got this loyalty, which is, which is natural, a natural thing. But they, of course, get to a point where you outgrow that into maturity. So spiritual teenagers... They are like that. They, 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 they are typical teenagers, you know, typical teenagers. And um, you, we also have, have, have found out that these particular group of people that we love so much, when I talk about a spiritual teenager, it could be 60 years old, by the way. It could be 75. Because in the spirit, it's just so different, you know. It's, I'm not talking about your, your age. I'm talking about the things of the spirit, the revelation, understanding, and maturity of the things of God. They, a spiritual teenager has got their own personal room uh, within the church structure. Now, this room is written, do not enter. 
Do not enter. It's just stuck there on the door. So as, as, as we fellowship with them, they, 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 they tend to withdraw into their own personal things that no one else has access to. You know, they can be very inaccessible to a very large extent or they only allow you access uh, in their terms. They allow God to influence them in their own terms. Uh, so we must be able to, to grow family in Jesus' name. No one wants to stay a teenager. Uh, as much as it would be it's fun, you know, certain thing that you would enjoy about it. Uh, Dean, Ephesians 4, verses 11 to verse 15. Uh, it says, And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children, tossed to and fro, and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ. Amen. Now, allow me to go through five milestones that I believe all of us must uh, go through and look out for in our lives. We must be able to uh, detect these, identify them in each other's lives, and see that we are growing in the Lord and in the power of his might in Jesus' name. The word milestone, family, uh, it is basically it's an important event in a person's life. A uh, milestone is like a, an achievement. It's a, it's a mark of progress. It's a mark of progress. Uh, it's, it's called a milestone. Mm -hmm. Now, I wanted to know something. Satan has grown sinners in the world. He has grown sinners. There's a serious sinners who mean business with regards to wickedness. They want to do what they want to do, and they've got no time for anything else. God, on the other side, has baby Christians. Now, there's a big problem because that which is in the heart of the Father, what he wants to do in the earth, he cannot do it through immature baby Christians. The work of, of, of the fivefold ministry, the Bible says to equip the saints, amen, until they reach a certain stature of the fullness of Christ. So God wants his people matured. God wants every believer to grow in the name of Jesus. Do you know why uh, the kingdom mandate is not being executed? Because there's only a handful of mature people who can execute it in the earth. The reason why you don't see much activity in terms of the Great Commission uh, taking place in the earth, it is because there's a lot of, 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 of baby people uh, singing songs and doing every wonderful thing in churches, but there's no level of maturity. They are not grown ups. You know what children do? There's a lot of children in the church, by the way. Children, 
one of the key features of a child, children just, they just want their toys. Children want their toys. Children want to play. Children just want, you know, he just wants his car. He just wants his, his breakthrough. His relationship with God is gauged on the basis of how, what God gives him. Just like Levi would do when I have bought something from whichever supermarket and I come here. He doesn't mind, doesn't care about every other pocket here. He wants to see if there's marshmallows or whatever that he likes to eat. Because children are only concerned with their own stuff, with their own things. Children want their toys. So family, in my view, there is more than five, of course. But I want to just um, share with you these, these five as Unkulunkulu as Caesar this morning. There's five things which I believe are very important in a life of a Christian, in a life of a believer, in the name of number one, uh, a milestone as you get born again, you, you allow Jesus Christ to be Lord and Savior in your life. Now you are a born again Christian. The Bible says you are a, a child, a child of God. Now the first thing that must happen, you must have a strong spine. With all our four children, there was a time when we had to support them because they couldn't sit. Uh, you must be able to sit on your own, support your own weight, uh, sit without cushion, sit without any cushion whatsoever as a child of God. Sit on your own and wait upon the Lord. Too many Christians, they are in relationship with the Lord because they are they are being held back by certain cushion. It's either a cushion of friends because I have friends in the church. I am walking with God because the church supports me financially, whatever the case may be. I am in the church because the church does this and that for me. Yes. Believers must develop, number one, must develop a strong spine. You must develop a strong spine. You must be able to, to support your own weight. In other words, you must be able to take ownership of your journey with God. Take ownership of your relationship with God. This has to do with growing a, a, a measure of independence. We, we need support structures. But as you grow you will not always be given something to sit on and then there are cushions put on your back so that you don't fall. One of the days that cushion must be pulled from under you and that spine must be strong. You must be able to, stand, to sit on your own. As you sit on your own, then you'll be able to, to, to crawl and, and stand, eventually stand on your own in the name of Jesus. Because if you can sit on your own, you will soon learn how to stand on your own. So that's the first thing, family. Be careful that you, your relationship with God is not dependent on other things other than your faith. Your faith in Him, your faith in His Word. Not because I have friends there, 
not because there's an echon there, not because of any other reason. My relationship with God must be on the basis of my strong spine. My strong spine. I am able to sit on my own. Even if you are to pull all these things away and those things were to go, I would still be able to sit and stand on my own in Jesus' name. Amen. I hope you understand that. The second thing, a family, we must be able to walk. So it's, it's walking. After having been able to sit, develop a strong spine as a Christian, I've got my kids here sitting around me. They're listening to what I'm saying. And I remember all of them having to go through these particular phases and we celebrated each of these as they came in their lives. So the second thing that must happen is you must be able to walk. Now, walking is important in the spirit. Because it's not just talking about putting your left and right leg in front of, it, of the other. In the spirit, walking is profound. Walking is very deep. The Bible says in Genesis 17, when Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him, uh, to Abraham, and said to him, I am almighty God. Walk before me and be blameless. Now, Abraham was 99 years old. He still had to learn to walk before God. 99 years old, he could walk in the physical. He was old enough to do so, but it's something else to walk before God. We learn at 70 years old, 80 years old, you could still be starting to learn to take your first steps of walking in the Lord. But we must be able to walk. Uh, he said to Solomon in 1 Kings, now if you walk before me as your father David walked in integrity of heart and in uprightness to do according to all that I have commanded you and if you keep my statutes and my judgments then I will establish the throne of your kingdom over Israel forever. Walking family is a sign of growth. Walking reveals the kingdom that you are part of. Because as I begin to walk, I demonstrate the culture of the kingdom that I'm part of. Now, the Bible has got so much to say about walking. He, he says uh, a person, the Bible says a person can walk in light. Uh, in the book, in the gospel, of, in, the gospel in, the, in the epistle of John, John 1, 2, and 3. Uh, a person can walk in light. A person can walk in darkness, the Bible says. Uh, a person can walk in love a person can walk worthy of the calling he says walk worthy of the calling that you have received a person can walk in the spirit a person can walk in the flesh too uh, if you are not walking with the lord you are walking in the flesh a person can walk according to tradition uh, the apostle paul says a person can walk according to all the commandments that's luke 1 6. a person can walk in the night you can walk in the fear of the Lord. It's walking. You can walk in your own ways according to Acts 14, 16. You can walk according to the customs. You can walk orderly, he says. You can walk in the steps of faith. You can walk in craftiness. You can walk in the futility of your mind. You are walking, but you are walking in the futility 
of your mind. The Bible says you can walk circumspectly. It says walk circumspectly. Walk carefully. You can walk worthy of the Lord, the Bible says. You can walk in Him. You can walk in wisdom. You can walk properly, the Bible says. You can walk, the Bible says, some walk disorderly. 2 Thessalonians 3, 6, and, and so forth and so on, family. So walking as a child of God is critical because walking reveals, reveals a God that you serve. As you begin to walk, he, said, he told him, walk before me. Because as he walked, the father wanted to see if he resembled him, if he is like him, if he is, if he, he has taken after him, if he has his DNA in him, if he walks like him. So he says, walk before me and be thou perfect. So family, I want to invite you as, as we uh, journey with the Lord, let us, let us walk. It's one thing to know things, but it's something else to walk with the Lord. So the second thing, a second marker, a second indicator of a believer. It's not that you are only, you are just, you can, you can sit and you are, uh, sit on your own. You can just uh, you know, study the word of God on your own and you have a, a spine. But you learn, you begin to learn to walk for God. You learn before him. Not in church, you learn uh, to walk before the Lord. The third thing, uh, family, that I want us to look uh, 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 discuss this morning as we're discussing these um, uh, milestones is, is diet. Uh, a, a believer uh, must have a particular diet. You must graduate from soft uh, to hard dishes. The Bible calls it from milk to meat. A believer must be able to handle uh, you know, you, you graduate from purity, uh, purity and nestum, and now you can handle uh, truth. You can handle meat, uh, that which you are given uh, in, in church, uh, that which you see in the word of God. The Apostle Paul said, and I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk. And not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it. And even now you are still not able. It's 1 Corinthians 3 verses 1 to 2. Your stomach, family, must be able to, 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 to handle the word. In other words, you must be able to stomach the truth. You must be able to stomach the truth. When you are able to do so, we know that you are growing. You know, some uh, people, after being fed a good solid meal, they have their personal opinions as a dessert. You know, you, you give them a good solid meal. Then once they, they've had that, they wash it down with their own personal opinions, their own personal views. Whatever was planted in them uh, just goes to nothing. Because after having been fed at that pulpit with solid meal, you had as a dessert your own whatever thoughts and your own opinions on the message, and then you lose it. So as a believer, ensure that you feed, you feed, you feed, you feed, you feed on solid food. I always tell uh, young people, 
that we must always know the difference between uh, dessert and the real food, you know, junk and the real stuff. So that's one of the things that as a believer you must be able, you, you cannot always be excited by messages that appeal to you. You must also be able, I must be able to handle a message that uh, speaks to me and it makes me uncomfortable. But I know that as that is being addressed, it is meant to, 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 to develop me. The Lord is depositing something in my spirit that I may grow, that I may develop certain spiritual muscle that I need in order to be able to move things, to push weights on the side. I cannot do so if I am not well fed, if I'm undernourished, if I am malnourished spiritually. I must be able to feed on the word that I, I will be able to withstand everything that's out there. Number four, family. Uh, you, as, as a believer, you must be able to self-feed. Uh, if, if you have children, of course, you know that we put these beeps on them. Uh, we feed them, which is what every parent must do. Every pastor, every you know, loving spiritual leader must be able to do so. Uh, that's why we go to church to receive the word. You know, but there must come a time whereby you pick up your own spoon and you begin to dig in, begin to feed yourself. You don't wait for your pastor to say kamisa every time you're waiting for a kamisa that I can put that spoon in your mouth. Then you wait again the whole week uh, until a Sunday comes. Then I say kamisa. Ah, then I push that spoon. That cannot happen. There's nothing that you will do for God if you're that kind of a believer. We must be able to, on our own, begin to develop an appetite for the word and begin to feed ourselves the word of God. This is why we develop a culture at Kingdom Embassy House of um, a structured, systematic Bible reading for individual people. You must have something like that as a believer whereby you study the word of God on your own. Why? Because you have learned to feed, to self-feed. Yeah. You don't wait for a man on a Sunday to come feed you. You take on off that beeb. You begin to go and, 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 and put your meal together. Go in the word of God. As you walk the land, you see you begin to feast on it in the name of Jesus. And as you do, you grow in the things of the Lord. So as long, Baselwane, as we are always waiting for a word from a prophet, I cannot move my life, my destiny cannot, I don't know where I'm going until I receive that word from that particular man. Then it's not a good sign of growth. It's not a good, that's not how God had designed the church. Yes. That's not how he designed this thing. The word of God is life. The word of God is so powerful that it is able to open doors for you. If you would allow the Holy Spirit to uh, shine, cast his spotlight on the word and you invite him as you study the word, he shows you things, vistas and avenues you've never seen before. And you begin to walk in that revelation in the name of Jesus. So we are saying number four. Let us be 
uh, into this culture of self-feeding. Self-feeding. At any given time, you must, you must be able to say, I am reading a, a particular book in the Bible. I am reading a particular... I, personally, I am reading the book of Exodus. That is outside what we are doing uh, at Kingdom Embassy House. We are doing the book of Matthew as, as the church. I'm talking about what I'm doing uh, as an individual. I am studying the book of Exodus. Amen. So that is number four, family. Now, have that as an indicator in your life. Self-feed. Self-feed. Self-feed in Jesus' name. Now, the next thing I want us to talk about. Now, even before I, I do so, let us emphasize the point uh, where we say that you must be able to develop. In actual fact, let's have that as the, if, if you are writing anything down, the next milestone, because this is important. You must have well-developed taste buds and smell. Now, I'm teaching you something that will uh, anchor you in the Lord. You must be able to develop good taste buds, family. Not the difference between fresh food and stale food in the spirit. You must be able to discern, to detect. You must be able to tell the difference between what is fresh and what is stale. You must be able to know what to swallow and what to spit out. That's a maturing believer. You're not gullible. Everybody who stands there, they shout and they scream. You are blessed by every sermon. It can be. You cannot be blessed by every person who jumps and, and sweats and, and, you know. It's not possible because a mature believer does not get blessed in a hurry. Let me repeat that statement. A mature believer does not get blessed in a hurry. We listen to you speak. As you, as you speak, we're checking. You, it's sound doctrine. If you're prophesying, are you prophesying in the spirit? Uh, so it's unlike a, a teenager. A teenager just jumps over everything. You know, so you must be able to develop these things. Tell the difference between junk and good meal. So you must be able to have well-developed, develop these taste buds in the spirit, in the sense of smell. The Bible says, uh, discern spirits. Do not believe every spirit that's out there because they are lying spirits. Now, the false prophets that are all over the country and, and the world, they count on gullible Christians who are baby Christians, teenagers, just toddler Christians who have no sense of maturity. Now, as our family's kingdom embassy house, want to establish you in, in, and anchor you in truth so that you are mature people in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's go to this uh, next one, family. I think I, then I would have six instead of five. As a believer, you need to learn to speak. We looked out for that uh, when our children were growing up. That first sound, that first sound. I cannot remember each, all, I mean, all of them when was the time when they first said dada or mom. But uh, it, was, it was amazing when it happened. It was glorious when it happened. As a believer, you must learn to speak to God through prayer. You speak, learn to speak. A believer, a, mature, a growing child speaks. 
the sign of growth Amen. that I am growing. I must speak. There must be sound coming out of my mouth. I must be able to speak, just to speak to God. So that's one thing. Christians must pray. We must speak. Now, there's something called speaking from God. Speaking, it's speaking to God that's praying, uh, which is prayer. But there's something called speaking from God. In other words, speaking from God is, is the ability to, uh, to know the heart of the Father. So when I speak, I speak from Him. I'm not just speaking because it's, it's, I'm, I'm excited, but I'm speaking from God. I'm speaking from the presence of the Father. So we must also learn not just to speak to God, but to speak from God. And the third thing in speaking, we must also learn to speak for God. So we speak to God as we pray. We speak from God because we understand his heartbeat. We understand his heart. He shares that with us. And then we speak for him because he needs a voice. I am drawing to a close, family, uh, because these are the things which are important for us to know. So when you speak about witnessing and sharing the gospel out there, uh, that also includes speaking for God. We now that comes. A child would speak on behalf of, of the family uh, if there is an event anyway, and I I would send any of my kids to say, okay, I I am not present. Just go speak on on our behalf and represent the family. It's a mature person. It's somebody who has been matured. Now. There are lots of people who are speaking out there who are representing the gospel, but they are misrepresenting. Family, the Lord God wants us mature. The, the Father wants to see his people getting into a place of maturity in the Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. So who has the ability to hear the voice of God, family? Who has the ability to hear the voice of God? You and I would know that we as the body of Christ, we, we, we get to hear the voice of God naturally because we are in him. But according to the Father, both the world and the church must be able to hear the will of God. The church gets to know the will of God through the Holy Spirit which is the word revealed to us. But the world gets to know the will of God through the church. See how, how glorious the Father is. He had set up this thing so amazingly because of the, 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 the glory of his grace that at any given time, every person in the earth will always know his will, will always know his heart. How? Because there is the church in the earth. The church gets to know the will of the Father. Through the Holy Spirit, firsthand, through the Word. But there's also another group in the earth, worldly people. Now, those also get to know the heart of the Father, get to know the will of God through the church. So as long as the church does not have the ability to speak for God, those who are supposed to know, in our mind we think we just shut the world out. The kingdom message is so profound, family, to blow your mind. Because God loves, the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. 
that whosoever believes. So he has always had the world in his heart. So when he builds the church, he has the world at the back of his mind that through the church, the world shall be blessed, shall, shall, shall be brought into fellowship with him. Through the church, the world shall be transformed as the church matures, as we begin to step out of our cocoon, out of our shells, out of our churches, the world will begin to know the will of the Father through the church. So our immaturity do not serve him well, family. There is a world out there that needs a speaking, well-developed body of Christ, people who can speak, people who are able to sit on their own, who can stand on their own. People who are able to feed on the word. People who can tell if this is not a message from heaven. If this is a message from God. People are able to speak in the name of Jesus. If we can do those things and other things which I will probably share with you in the future. But I felt that today I needed to share these things with you. That as we do. The Lord's hand and the blessing of the Lord shall be upon us and he will give us grace to walk with him and to minister the gospel for him in power and authority. But family, let us grow. Let us have a consciousness of growth. Let us not be satisfied with where we are. Let it be a desire for us to grow from glory to glory, from strength to strength in the name of Jesus Amen. Let's pray together. Father, thank you today for your word. Thank you, O oh God, that you are calling us into relationship uh, with you. You are calling us into a deeper place. You are calling us into a place that we have probably not known before. But because of the times in which we live, we cannot afford to have lots of toddlers out there. You are calling upon the church to grow be a mighty army in the earth, people who will be able to establish and execute your will in the earth, people who will be able to administer in the name of Jesus and legislate on behalf of heaven in the earth in Jesus' name. So Father, thank you for the grace upon your people, the grace upon your church in the name of Jesus. I'm trusting you for the people who are connecting today. I, I'm trusting you that you develop a muscle, they develop muscle, spiritual muscle in Jesus' name, that there shall be a people who are mature, a people who are grown in the Lord and are able to do the will of the Father in the earth. In Jesus' name. And the church said, Hallelujah. Amen. Amen.